It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked on Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. Uh, we have I've, I have concluded my training camp visits. I, I decided that there's too many injuries and it was too much stuff going on at home. So I have officially finished my training camp practice visits. I have submitted my tracking information to our good friend Dan in Houston. Hopefully we're going to get some cool information out of that soon. So be on the lookout for that for sure. Uh, but today is the best day because it's Twitter question day. Yes, and well, today is a mixed bag of Twitter questions. Uh, we got some good ones, we got some funny ones, and we got some people trying to be funny. So oh let's go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, I like this question from Nathan. Uh, I, I don't think we've talked about this one yet, but he asked, what's the Tony Pollard's true ceiling? He said he's already kind of carved out himself a role, even if Zeke signs today. Lana, what I know, I know a lot of people are thinking Alvin Kamara, and that's obviously that's the high end of his you know outcomes or his range. What do you think his ceiling is in the NFL? I mean, I think that that's that's a good measure. I mean, I think that that I mean, I'm not saying that he's gonna get there, but I think if he could be Alvin Kamara, that would be a good ceiling. I mean, I, I think he is the a kind of guy that what you're seeing is that he can function in that kind of role as a. Uh, the kind of role that we all envisioned for him as a sort of a second uh, change of pace runner, you know, a guy that they can put out into route, that they mm-hmm, can use right. in special ways, it's special with the ball in his hands, that sort of thing. Uh, and I think that what they've learned along the way is that he seems to function pretty well as a running back as well, out of the backfield following blocking schemes. It's funny because, you know, I, I was hearing you know, talk about – um, Don uh, uh, Daryl Daryl Henderson, right? The, yeah. uh, who is playing for, for the Rams? Rams. He's yeah. and he's apparently he's kind of struggled a little bit picking up uh, some of the zone blocking stuff that they're doing. It's just he which isn't a surprise for a young running back. Well, it's not a big, but thing. it is surprising in the context of the fact that I feel like that's where Tony Pollard really has thrived. I mean, which is kind of incredible considering he has nowhere near the same rushing experience as Henderson. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to now go back and look and see if maybe they didn't, you know, specifically use more power and man and gap schemes or whatever it with with 
with Henderson running the ball, and then when they got Pollard back there, that they didn't use more man schemes. Because, yeah. I mean, that would be interesting. He just seems to have a really – I'm just surprised at how good his feel is. I mean, you go watch the tape. I mean, he was pressing the hole. He knew when to cut up off the, 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 the key blocker's bat, uh, butt. He knew where the, 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 the lane was going to be, and he didn't, like, try to – uh, he, I mean, he didn't try to like. I mean, you know, even Zeke, I feel like his rookie year, tr- almost tried to just run into guys. You know, he was patient in a way that was uh, uh, impressive. I mean, I, I think when you have that level of burst and quickness, uh, you can kind of afford to be patient a little bit more sure. and, and wait for it to, to. But that doesn't mean that you always do it, and he has. So um, I, I'm impressed with what he's done. I think uh, I think there's definitely an, an opportunity if you know properly leverage that he could become uh, a star in this league as whether that be as in a secondary role to Zeke Elliott or maybe eventually coming out of his shadow and being his own you know lead back right so this is the problem with comps is sometimes we'll say this guy has Alvin Kamara or he has the talent to be Alvin Kamara but we really don't put in to perspective what some of the other range of outcomes are so I like to do like a low end medium medium end or medium high end comp so if Kamara is the high end is Theo Riddick maybe the low end comp here? Is it Lance Dunbar? I, I think mean, Dunbar. Is that still yeah, the type I think of Dunbar role he's going to have in the NFL. Yeah, Dunbar is like, I mean, just because uh, the reason I would say Dunbar is because the usage is is historic to the Cowboys. So right. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he enters the floor at at, at where Dunbar, a healthy Dunbar is, which was pretty good. I mean, when we had a healthy Dunbar, the problem always with Dunbar was that he was not available. But when he was available. Sure. He did things like uh, that one game where he caught 10 passes against the Giants. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that I think that that's where he starts off as a guy that can definitely be a, an interesting receiving back. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, all, scale all the way up to being the lead in a, you know, maybe 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 more of a pass heavy type of offense. Maybe, right. maybe like you know, if he becomes the the running back and if something happens with Zeke's not here or whatever, maybe it's more of a shift to a a shotgun pass first run run game, you know, where they're setting up the run game with the pass. But I think that 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 his usage could still be incredibly high, and he could function as a running back one in that kind of scheme. Do, do we think like a Duke Johnson type of player is kind of like the the middle outcome, right? Where even if he's not a full-time running back, he can give you seven, eight carries a game, three to four receptions, and you know you feel pretty good about him being a third-down back. That's kind of the the most likely outcome. I think for this year, for sure, yeah. I mean, if when Zeke comes back, I think that's the idea is that they'll find ways to manufacture this guy touches in a in a okay. in a cop back sort of way, but or whatever in a kind of a, a offensive weapon sort of way. But then on top of that, he'll also take the he'll also relieve. Zeke when Zeke needs to take his whatever it is like every third or whatever series off and maybe you know maybe what that does is it allows you to actually give Zeke more rest you know if you feel comfortable if you feel comfortable about the the way this guy is able to kind of do it all except for maybe pass block which you know you can kind of work around a little bit for a series or two Um, I think I think you uh, yeah I think you find maybe you find a way to keep Zeke fresh later in the season by giving Pollard two series as opposed to just the you know the one all right let's go ahead and talk a little bit about some of the other rookies outside of Tony Pollard this question comes from Jared he says besides Tony Pollard which rookie has been the most impressive thus far Uh, obviously you have Tristan Hill 
You have Connor McGovern, who's been out for the last... I guess he hasn't practiced at all. Yeah, it's not going to be McGovern. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be McGovern. Uh, I, I have my answer, but I, I want to see what you think, Lane. Who's been the most impressive rookie outside of Pollard? I mean, I think that they've all been kind of... They've all shown you a little bit of something, right? Like, I, I think for... That's a, such a cop-out answer. you got to well, pick well, one. Come I know, on. but I mean, I, I don't know that, like, outside... I think Pollard is pretty solidly easy answer. I mean, picking a number two is not as easy because, I, I mean, I think the normal, the normal, you know, kind of path for these rookies is that it's very up and down you know they're, they're usually they're all very talented so that allows them to make plays here and there and, and that sort of thing um but at the same time like you know they also are they're rookies so they don't know what the hell they're doing half the time and, and they don't know their techniques so they get you know they, they come crashing down the next rep on on here and there and i think that you've seen a little bit of that with everyone i i, I don't know i mean i think to me Mike Jackson has been really impressive. I mean, he didn't really have a great game against Debo Samuel at different points. Sure. I think he, but I think he's been really impressive in, in the snaps I've seen with with him. Uh, I think obviously John Vea Johnson is uh, is another guy. I mean, he's a rookie. You're going to have to include him there just because of what he's done as an undrafted free agent. You know, coming into the team. Um, I think Jelks has been really good. I mean, especially as of late, I think Joe Johnson has been really good. Uh, obviously, Donovan Wilson had a really good game. I, you know, I think it'd be easier for me to rank them, you know, kind of generally in tiers. But I think you know, kind of choosing a second best guy is 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 difficult to do because I think after Pollard, who has just been kind of almost veteran like in his mm-hmm. steady eddiness, uh, the rest of the guys have been had kind of normal rookie ups and downs and 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 have fl- it flashed here and there and really what you're asking is is kind of more a question of who's flashing the most right now because they they really they all tend to go up and down so i guess if we're asking who's flashing the most right now i th- i think Jalen Jokes has been really impressive these last few games, and, and I think with the pads coming on, we've seen Donovan Wilson do a lot of impressive stuff. Um, but I think I have a feeling that that answer will change just <laughs> right, tomorrow, right. probably. Uh, mine's Joe Jackson, just because yeah. I, 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 from what we've heard, the practices have been going well for him. Uh, he came into the the preseason game, and once the pads came on, we saw where he wins. It's so making. funny. Like once the pads come on, it's like you see a whole different like dimension on some of these players you may not have even noticed. And it feels like Joe. You're right, Joe Jackson and, and Donovan Wilson specifically are the guys who really like you. Like wow, look at those two. Right, and it's. I hate to say this because I know a lot of people love training camp, including, I mean, you and John. And obviously, there's a lot to gain out of training camp. But there's just something different once you get to the preseason. There's actual live hitting, and you're going against another opponent. To me, that still matters the most, except for, I mean, we talked about it yesterday. What what you can gain at a training camp isn't necessarily from a one-practice thing, but it's the yeah. culmination of lots of exactly. practices in a row doing something. It's but, a trend. It's it's not either or. You need both, right. really, because right. because you see different stuff. Like like you, what you're talking about, stuff. Joe Jackson, Joe Jackson, and, and and Donovan Wilson. It's hard to notice players like that in practice because they're not being they're not tackling to the ground. They're not being fully physical, and and that stuff that extra step matters. And I think Absolutely. when it does, right. guys like John, like those two really do shine. So that's why you need both both of those different types of evaluation in order to kind of get a good picture of your team. Absolutely. 
Um, this next one comes from Kevin. Uh, which young player are you most worried about being poached by another team for the practice squad? Uh, it's kind of a difficult question because we're not exactly sure who's going to make the 53-man roster. But there are a few guys who I would say are on the outside looking in that you're kind of hoping sneak to the practice squad. I think one of them for sure is Donovan Alumba. Uh, he's a guy that we mentioned a lot on this show. Uh, Daniel Wise, the defensive tackle, has kind of – I thought he played well in the preseason game. I think he's somebody ideally you'd like to stash for a year in the practice squad. Maybe if Tyrone Crawford moves, moves on. Uh, John Vea Johnson, we think, is going to maybe make the active roster. Uh, but maybe a Cedric Wilson, who doesn't? Maybe that's somebody you'd like to see on the practice squad. So, Lane, is there anybody that you can think of off the top of your head that you're maybe a little bit nervous about might get stolen by another team? Guyton. I mean, I think because I think that Guyton is the guy that I'm really excited about what Guyton's going to come back with next year. You know, because I, I really do think he's he needs a year of seasoning, but I, he has skills. Um, you know, I, I think him. I mean, I think that they they have a little bit better control over a guy like Gifford now because of his injury. So if they really really like him, they could just IRM. Right. Um, right. You know. I, what about Mike White? I, yeah, Mike. Well, no, <laughs> not so much. Uh, uh, I will say, like Mike Weber is somebody I'd love to see on the practice squad. Like that that would be a perfect practice squad running back. Yeah, I, I think I think he's he's shown that he's. I don't know that he's ready for a, a load at this point because I think he, his pass brought, I mean, he completely whiffed on that one. Uh, he's, he's not ready as a pass blocker at no, all. No, no. Like, and, I mean, and he, I think maybe by next year, you know, give him a full year in the practice squad, could he potentially become the RB2 or RB3? I think so. But I think right now I, I, I'm not sure that he's ready to go. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um, let's go ahead and add or answer some more of your questions. Another question from this one's from at Jared Gates. Um, he wants to know: Has Connor Williams's added weight showed up at all to you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I'll just tell you a funny story. I mean, John and I were talking about it yesterday or something. How they look, him and Zach Martin look alike now. <laughs> like before, yeah. it's so right. funny. I mean, if, if you anyone who watches all twenty-two and, and and saw any of the tape last year, you, you look at the offensive linemen in their stance. Lined up, and it looks like there's four guys, and then the and then in Connor Williams's spot, it looks like somebody photoshopped one of those other four guys and like shrunk him like five percent or ten percent, like he does. It looks like a little shrunken version of the other four guys, right? That's not the case anymore. I mean, he he looks like Zach Martin out there, and and when he's out there blocking, I mean, I'm not saying he's playing as well as Zach Martin at this point. I'm just saying, like, he physically looks like Martin. He's big. He's he's got the, his weight distributed in a very similar way. Um, and you still and you see him with using some Martin techniques that you didn't think that he could do before, like including dropping his weight, or arching his back, and ending a bull rush. You know, I, I think, yeah. Right, I mean, right. it, it, in the history of has weight made a difference in a player's game? You know, <laughs> off seasons. This has got to be number one. <laughs> like, not right. yeah. Not not only the, do do you notice his weight is the extra weight. I would say it's a resounding yes. You're noticing his weight. He looks like a completely different player. 
Uh, yeah, I, I always laughed when I turned on the L22 last year because it was fun. It looked like a linebacker was playing left guard for the Cowboys. It looks like a Photoshop. Like, it looks like yeah, someone really, actually really photoshopped does. a little smaller dude in there. <laughs> like, it, it's just nuts to look at. Right. Um, this is a really interesting question. I'm, I'm, it, I'm curious to see what your take is on Atlanta uh, because I was actually having this conversation with a couple buddies of mine yesterday about the Cowboys and their preseason games because – I have a lot of football fans around me who get really excited for the preseason. It's the time to really look at some of your young players. Uh, but for the Cowboys, it, it just seems like they play an extra boring vanilla brand of preseason football that uh, you, you don't see many teams kind of using. But he, his question, this one from at Series Troggers, do the Cowboys just treat preseason games differently than the rest of the league? It seems even with supposedly significant depth depth on the team, and I agree, they are a very deep team, that unless the first team is on the field, the team struggles mightily against other teams' depth. Um, so, Lana, my question for you is, is that a coaching thing? Is that just the way they play? Or do we overrate some of the depth on this roster? I'm, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's a it's, – I don't know that – Depth can be measured by lining up your teams like that and playing a vanilla game of football, and that's what that means. I mean, you're not building depth. Um, you're not building depth to uh, to to rotate lines out there. This isn't hockey. You know what I'm saying? Like this, you're building depth for guys to sub into a larger group of starters. You know, right? Like, and there's definitely positions where the depth is more important than others, and that doesn't necessarily show up in a preseason game, right? Yeah, and I, I mean, I think it's kind of like the conversation I was having with somebody else about about defense. You know, defense is by nature going to have deeper, talented talent because those, especially on this defense, you know, uh, it's it's just rotation after rotation on all three levels. I mean, except for maybe Xavier Sufilo. I mean, it's Xavier Sufilo. Uh, Jalen Smith and, and Leighton Van Der Esch. Um, sure. Uh, you know, those guys are going to play a, a vast majority of those snaps and, and maybe, you know, a little bit with the the, uh, the corners. I, but I think they're going to see, you'll see some safety rotation. The defensive line is going to rotate like crazy. So just there's going to be a little bit better depth there on those second team players than maybe on the offense, just in general. But I would say... Right. I right. would say to answer the question, this team has got a ton of depth. <laughs> like, I mean, I think. Well, I was gonna say, like on the offensive line, for example, we think the Cowboys are gonna have one of their deepest offensive lines that they've had in recent years, right? They have obviously Cam Fleming as their swing tackle. They have Connor McGovern who's gonna come back, and they've got Joe Looney. Okay, those those are three guys. One of those didn't play on Saturday, so you're down to two guys that we think are pretty good. The rest of the guys are not very good. So when you see the Cowboys offensive line getting trashed on Saturday, it doesn't mean they have that bad depth at the position because they're only going to carry seven or eight of those guys anyways, right? So that's where the the kind of the depth conversation can kind of go missing a little bit. Yeah, I mean again, it's not it's it certainly isn't about having the best 90. I mean, it's, right. it, I mean it that's matter. just like that. That gives you no value other than just having good practices, uh, which is fine. But but still, it's like ultimately you're going to talk about who's got the best 53. And I think once we get to that spot, I mean, the, the Cowboys are going to cut a, a bunch of really good players probably, and right. other teams are going to be out there looking to add the Cowboys cut players to their rosters. So I mean, I, I, I agree. That shows you the the, the talent of this team. Uh, all right, last question. This one's kind of fun. Uh, I, I sent you the picture in your DMs, Landon, oh, but uh, this one from at that Rodney guy. He wants to know which Cowboys lunchroom table are you sitting at? If you haven't seen this meme yet, uh, Katie oh, Drummond no. tweeted out with 
uh, like five different people sitting at each table. I'm not going to read all the different tables and stuff. You guys can go check out his Twitter account. Uh, Landon, you're on there. You're sitting at table five with Jane Slater, Jeff mm-hmm. Kavanaugh, uh, Nubie Scruggs, and Calvin Watkins. But if you could trade tables, which tra- table would you like to sit at? Hmm. I think I think if you're asking, I, I'm I'm probably gonna have to. I would probably trade myself for Mike Leslie and go sit at table. What is that? Four? Am I table oh, that's five? A good one. Your, your table, you're, go, you're sliding over one. You're going to sit with yeah. Kevin Turner, Bob Sturm, Katie Drummond, Bill Jones. Yeah, I'd probably sit with that's Katie. Good, I think Katie table. and Bill and Bob and Kevin and I have a great com- great football conversation. Yeah, that's a fun one. I like that one a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would go with that one. I think I, I kind of like uh, table six. You get some different people with that one. With uh, or table, Sorry, table ten. Cowboy Stats, Daniel Houston, who we've talked mm-hmm. about before. Mm-hmm. Babe Lothenberg Babe is, is really fun. Babe Lothenberg, yeah. that's a fun table. Yeah, it is there. a fun table. John Machado is a great guy. Rob Phillips is a great guy. Clarence, yeah, Phillips, like Clarence, Clarence is going to be at least a, a good time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, 100%. That's yeah. a great table. That's actually a pretty great table. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So. yeah. This just shows you how lucky we are. We, yeah, we are spoiled we, we, here in Cowboys. We've we got some great, sure. great people here. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.